Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with the first freshly recorded episode of 2021 and I can't believe that it's taken me this long to get back onto the Undercover Architect airwaves. This break, it ended up being longer than expected and I am super excited to be back. So this is episode 194 and a full transcript of this episode and all the links and resources mentioned can be found at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 194. That's the number 194. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing a bit more about what to expect with the upcoming episodes. Plus, I'm going to be talking about one of the most important tools that you have in your renovation or building project. And frankly, it's going to be awesome to help you in loads of other areas in your life as well. So without further ado, let's dive in. And if you're a long-time listener, after more than four years, you might notice something new coming up right now. That's right. It's a new introduction. I like the music too much to change it. The music's actually called A Beautiful Life and I think that that's perfectly apt for the Get It Right podcast, but I did want to record some new words. So let's go. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience, I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated and empowered as you design, build or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014 and it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic, feel-good family home. One that works for you now and into the future. One that is sustainable and affordable and that helps you live a great lifestyle both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget, Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now, before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track. Or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan and that's project plan spelled p-r-o-j-e-c-t-p-l-a-n that's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop and now let's get on with the episode here we go well i am so excited to be back on the podcast and diving into our new episodes Now, you may recall from the last episode that I did before the most recent break that we had, I mentioned that we were going to be changing things up a bit. 
If you're a long-time listener or even if you've just dived into the podcast, you'll be aware that since the start of the podcast in December 2016, we've structured the episodes in seasons. And so this season-based structure, it's been great for choosing a topic that I know is uh, really helpful or of interest to you in your reno or building journey. And then I can dive into that topic in a lot more detail. And I also know that lots of listeners, they may find a specific season that's based on where they're at in their project uh, and in their journey, and then they'll start listening there, uh, or they'll even go back and re-listen to an entire season when they get to that point in their project as well. However, it's also meant by doing seasons that sometimes I can't cover standalone topics that I want to, or if, for example, I find a great guest or I find information about a season's topic, but it's after that season is finished, then it's really tricky for me to be able to add the episode at that point. So I'm changing things up. And from this episode onwards, we're going to be doing things differently. And for the foreseeable future, I'm not going to be doing seasons. Never say never, I always say, you know, seasons may come back. But for now, we're going to be doing standalone episodes on the Get It Right podcast. My team and I, we've been building out a massive list of topics and we've been collecting the suggestions that you've been sending in as well. So thank you for sending those in. And we plan to cover a huge range of subject matter and bring a range of guests to you as well. And the hope is, what my sincere hope is, that I'm going to get to cover lots of nitty gritty stuff that's going to be super helpful for you in your project journey. And I'm I'm really, really excited about what's ahead. I can't wait to be able to reveal you know, episode by episode, what we've got planned. And so I hope that you're excited as well. Now, let's have a chat about this episode specifically. So in this episode, which is our 194th episode, I want to take you through something that it's not only going to help you in your project, but also in lots of other areas of your life as well. Now, this is something that I learned many, many years ago, and I actually still use to this day. What is it? Well, it's actually a really powerful communication model and it's super simple to remember and to use. This is the thing. Good quality, effective communication is super critical in your renovation and building project. You'll be working with a team, you're dealing with professionals and you need to convey your own wishes, your wants, your feedback and your input. And if your communication isn't clear and well understood, then it's it's just very easy to get off track, to make expensive mistakes and also to experience a lot of stress in the process. All of these professionals that you're working with as well, you know, they're not necessarily going to be great communicators by nature. Communication is, it's not something that's specifically trained in the university degrees or the trade apprenticeships that these team members will have done, you know, and that you're working with. And yet communication is so essential to things going well and everyone getting along and you ultimately getting the home that you hope for at the end of it all. So firstly, I want to share with you some background information about how I learned this communication model and also give credit to who actually taught it to me as well. Now, you may recall that I worked for the development company Mervac uh, for some time in, in their Queensland office in Brisbane. So between 2002 and 2007, I was part of the senior design team at Mervac Design Queensland and I was project architect on during that time over a couple of large residential development projects. And I also worked in the new business team for some of that time as well. I had my first child whilst I was working at Mervac and after being on maternity leave with him in 2007, I was able to return to work at Mervac part-time and I assisted Mervac Design's practice manager with scheduling and programming the workflow of, at that time, there was 100 plus architectural staff inside Mervac Design. 
Now, during that time, I was also made senior associate and I continued that role until late 2009. And then a group of us, of course, made the decision that we were going to set up our own architectural practice, DC8 Studio, which I had from 2009 to 2014. Now, it's got to be as far back as 2008 or 2009. I can't remember the specific year that we did this, but the senior design team from Mervac Design Queensland, including myself, we were sent off for a day of communication training. And this is where I learned this communication model, among many other things that I learned uh, during that, that day. Now, the idea for doing this training uh, was that we, as, as the management team, as the management staff in the architectural division, we would learn this information about communication models and general business coaching, and then we would bring it back into our teams to help improve the communication with our own specific teams down the line. And then we would also hopefully be able to improve the communication that we had up the line as well throughout all the other divisions of the business that we dealt with on a daily basis inside Mervac. So it was really interesting and believe it or not, that's actually what happened. And I'm going to explain a bit more about that later in this episode. Now, the coach that we did this day with is a woman named Josie Thompson. And I want to tell you a little bit about Josie. Josie Thompson is a multi-award winning executive coach. She's based in Brisbane and she's pioneered the use of neuroscience principles in working with business leaders around the globe. She's an acclaimed international speaker and mindset, mindfulness and resilience expert. Josie actually completed studies in business, in executive coaching, executive masters in the neuroscience of leadership and workplace mindfulness facilitation. And she's trained hundreds of coaches for the Neuro Leadership Group in the Asia Pacific region and also coached thousands of leaders globally. Josie coaches leaders to achieve sustainable transformational change and outcomes. And she's also committed to the development of coaches and cultivating mindfulness to build resilient communities. And she's won loads of awards for her work as well. And she's also survived cancer twice uh, and most recently a brain tumour. So she's devoted to sharing the learnings from her experiences for the improvement in the lives of others. She's passionate about life and about empowering others to lead happy, healthy, meaningful and fulfilling lives. And so let's just agree that Josie is pretty incredible. She's amazing. And she definitely made a mark on me that day with what she taught me in the work that we did together. Um, and in case you want to check out any more information about her, I'm going to pop links to Josie's website in the resources for this episode. She's got some really great videos and information that's freely available. And you'll be able to find out more on the link undercoverarchitect.com forward slash the numbers 194 194. Now let's get back to the specific communication model that I learned that day from Josie. And Josie, if by any chance you're listening to this episode and I botch this uh, in how I communicate it, I do apologise. This though is what I remember. It really stands out to me. It's what I've embedded in my thinking about this. And I know it's what's worked for me as well. So it's what I want to pass on to you, my beautiful podcast listener, and I hope that it's uh, equally helpful for you. Now, what Josie taught us and what I remember from learning that day is that there are five levels or five modes of communication. Now, these five modes, they're the categories or they're the types of communication that we have in the way that we use communication in our everyday lives on all sorts of different topics with all sorts of different people's people and they can be simplified down to these five modes and this is particularly relevant in the context of working inside teams inside businesses in you know when you're working inside projects so what are these five modes i'm going to take you through them one by one so you can learn what they are so the first mode is vision now this is the communication around big picture big dreams it's where you're talking about your big goals, your ideas and your dreams and you're talking at that level of vision. 
The next mode, the second mode is planning. And so this type of communication, it's related to the stuff about action steps and about, you know, putting things into place and making those decisions about what you need to do to move forward. The third level of communication is detail. This is the nitty gritty communication. It's the information around the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of the things that you're discussing. The fourth communication mode is problem. So this is where we talk about stuff going wrong, what are going to be the issues, what are going to be the challenges, what's going to be the hurdles and the obstacles to, you know, the things that we're talking about. And then the last level of mode or mode of communication, the fifth one, is drama. And so this covers all of the angst and the woe and the way that things get spoken about. It's basically problems wrapped up with a heck of a lot of emotion. So I'm going to repeat those for you and put them in a list of one to five. Um, and remember, you can head to the transcript. I'm going to have a graphic of this as well on the blog. So www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 194. So let's go through them one to five. We've got one is vision, two is planning, three is detail, four is problem, and five is drama. Now, the thing that I want you to understand about these modes of communication is this. The level that you communicate at, the mode of communication that you use, is the level or mode of communication that comes back to you. Now, what I mean about this is this, is that when you communicate, for example, in vision, then you generally get communication of vision back at you. When you communicate in planning, uh, then you usually get the person that you're speaking to communicating back in planning as well. And right through to detail, problem and drama. Now, the idea is, is that the mode that you use is the mode that you get back from whomever you're communicating with. It's not always the case, but usually this is often the case, especially in the context of teams inside businesses and inside projects. So if you have a think about it, you know, we've all had these conversations when things have gone pear-shaped and you'll, you know, turn to a friend, for example, and you'll say, you know, you won't believe what happened to me this morning. And then you'll start onto this tale of woe that just dances somewhere between the modes of problem and drama. And, you know, they'll hear you out and then they'll say, oh, yeah, that's just like the time that this happened to me. And then they'll proceed to deliver a similar tale of woe that will dance between problem and drama. And back and forth you go in the Olympics of who has suffered the most and you get stuck in your problem and drama comparison cycle and at that communication level. And, you know, it's all fun and games. And I'm, I'm sure that you can relate. We've all been there and we've done that. And we've had those kinds of conversations. Now, the same extends, of course, to vision and planning. So, you know, these are often the really great, the really inspiring, chunky conversations where you're sharing your big ideas and dreams with that trusted and dear friend who is cheering you on and, you know, talking more about your plans and your vision or equally they're, you know, sharing their own big dreams and goals as well. Now, I said that the mode of communication delivered usually matches the mode of communication received, but that's not always the case. And so, you know, we do have those friends, those colleagues, when it doesn't matter, you know, how you talk to them, they're going to be totally stuck in detail, problem or drama. That's where they live and it's how they always communicate. And I'm going to come back to them in a minute because this knowledge is really super helpful for you being able to manage the conversations that you have with those types of friends or colleagues particularly if the communication that you're needing to have with them has to achieve an outcome. Now we're going to go back to the list because I want you to visually picture something for me here, okay? So we've got our list in order from one to five. Vision, planning, detail, problem and drama. Now I want you to draw in your mind's eye, I want you to draw a horizontal line 
between number two and number three on that list. So between planning and detail. So picture that. You've got the list in your head. You're going to have vision and planning. Then you're going to have a horizontal line. And then you're going to have below the line, you're going to have detail, problem and drama. So vision and planning sit above the line and detail, problem and drama sit below the line. Okay, I'm going to repeat that for you just so you can really picture it because I need you to hang on to that as we move through the rest of this information. So vision and planning, they sit above the horizontal line and detail, problem and drama sit below the horizontal line. So this is the thing to know about communication, okay? Some communication helps and I'm talking about the communication where you're needing to achieve outcomes, where you're having conversations, be it with work colleagues where things about your project, in uh, things that you might be doing in your life, where you're actually needing to move towards a goal and the communication is about achieving outcomes. So some communication, using some modes of communication are going to help. You know, they actually make a difference. They actually help create progress. They move you forward and they achieve the outcome that you're seeking. It, it actually improves the situation that you're in. Then there's other types of communication, other modes of communication that just don't help. They keep you stuck or worse, they actually move you backwards. They don't enable you to make progress. They create more stress and more issues and they actually make the situation worse. Now, that's not to say that all communication always has to move you forward. As I said, you know, there's some communication that's definitely happening for other reasons and is sometimes just communication for communication's sake. But when it comes to the communication that you use in your renovation or building project, you generally want that communication to be about achieving outcomes, about moving you forward and about making progress. And the context in which we were learning this particular information as well, as a management team and as a leadership group, you know, this was definitely about how we, go, we were going to improve the communication that we had with our teams so that we could help with project development overall, and with our team culture and with the way that we all work together. Now, remember the horizontal line that I had you picture, okay? So that horizontal line is sitting between planning and detail. Everything that sits above the line is the communication mode that moves you forward, that helps you make progress. So when you communicate using the modes of vision and planning, then that's the type of communication that actually achieves outcomes and helps you make progress. Everything below the line though, when you're communicating in the mode of detail, problem and drama, that's the communication that can keep you stuck or actually move you backwards. So I'm going to explain with an example just to illustrate this a little bit more clearly. So something that we would often find in our management uh, and design meetings at Mervac, and you know this may be something that you're familiar with in your project already if you're having meetings with your team and you're discussing your design. So as the architectural team, we would actually have to present the design and the progress in the design and talk about, talk about it and present it to the team every, either every week or every fortnight, depending where we were at in the project. And so we would have it all pinned up on the wall and we would be presenting the design and where it was at. And we'd be talking about these big ideas of, you know, how we could see the design would work functionally, the ways it might work on the site, you know, what's that going to mean for the use of the spaces, the overall lifestyle, the functionality, all of those kinds of things. And then plus how that's going to fit into the overall project ideas and the bigger planning scheme that we might have for the site and for the project overall. And then we'd also be outlining, you know, what were the next steps going to be? What were the actions that we were going to need to take to make this reality, to be able to sign things off and to get decisions made and to start taking the next steps in the project? 
and generally moving things forward to towards the next stage of where we were at. So, you know, this is all vision and all planning modes of communication that we were using. And then you'd be in the middle of the meeting and somebody would start honing in on, for example, a material that we might be thinking about using on the external balconies. Or they'd start talking about a problem that had happened in a previous project uh, where we'd had a similar scenario on what we were presenting here. Now, that's all well and good and it's important conversation to have as well, you know, to have these conversations so that we can avoid any issues that we've had in previous projects actually happening on future ones. However, and you may be familiar with this, these conversations, they might go on for ages, you know, even across multiple meetings. And so things would really grind to a halt whilst we discussed the minutiae of, you know, a tile choice or a window size or something of that nature that might not have been particularly relevant to where we were at in the project at that point. Um, And we would be dancing below this line of, you know, uh, in the communication modes and being really stuck in detail, problem and drama and not really being able to move forward at all. And because you generally communicate in the mode that you're being communicated to, then if somebody is delivering detail, problem and drama, then that's the mode that you're responding in as well. When you're not aware of this, that's just what happens. So it's really interesting because you just get caught in this quagmire of these conversations that would just kind of go nowhere. And so what Josie actually taught us in this communication coaching was that the aim here when we're having communication inside these teams, inside these projects, is that we are aiming to get our communication above the line in our five modes and models. So this is really about changing the mode of communication and the types of conversations that we're having so we can then move things forward again and, you know, be able to make progress rather than getting stuck in the mud below the line. Now, how do you get above the line? How do you get above the detail problem and drama in those five modes and back up above the line into vision and planning. She taught us that you actually just ask a simple question. And the question is, what are you wanting to achieve? Really simple question. What are you wanting to achieve? That question of what are you wanting to achieve or what are you seeking to achieve? It's incredibly powerful for stopping the communication mode of detail, problem and drama, stopping that conversation in its tracks and really getting communication back up and above the line into vision and planning. Now, you know what? When we first heard this, we didn't really believe it, Um, you know, as you do. Uh, But in these coaching programs, of course, when you're sitting there in the day and you do these scenarios, you you go through these um, coaching programs, you know, you end up doing some role-playing scenarios and lo and behold... It was working. It was pretty amazing. And um, you find that it's actually really difficult to answer the question of what are you wanting to achieve with an answer that includes detail, problem and drama. You can try and sometimes you can give a detail-based response, but generally you actually have to talk in planning or in vision in order to be properly answering that question. Now, you may note that question of what are you seeking to achieve, what are you wanting to achieve, that's the same question that I tell you is really important to figure out very early in your project, that you should be working on that question and getting an answer to that question uh, for your own renovation or new build project. It's actually step two inside my online program, The Home Method, and also in the Get Started Guide, which is just those first few steps of any project. And 
It's an incredible place uh, for you to be able to return to when you're getting lost or you're getting overwhelmed or confused or you're lacking clarity in your project about what your next best choice is going to be. If you've actually done the work of thinking about what are you seeking to achieve and why are you undertaking this project at all, then it gives you that great place to come back to to have that clarity and get you to helicopter view so that you can make the next best choice in your project. So with that simple question, you know, we actually find that we get back up to vision and planning. And so that means that things can be made a lot clearer and a lot bigger picture for you as well. And you can see what you need to do in order to be able to move forward and make progress. And so the same goes for the communication that you're using as well. So this was really interesting for us. And, you know, as a management team, we we were quite excited by this and we took this newfound knowledge back into the workplace. And we didn't tell anyone about what we'd learned. We just wanted to try it out and see how well it worked. And in the early days, we just uh, started using it with our own project teams inside Mervac Design. And then we'd use it in our meetings with the other divisions as well. You know, because as I said, we'd have design meetings every week or every fortnight in our projects. And so we'd have representatives sitting at the table from development, from sales and marketing, from construction, from estimating and from customer relations. So that would involve lots of different people, lots of different agendas that generally meant lots of different communication and lots of ideas and opinions as we'd be working through the design phase on a regular basis. Now, lo and behold, it actually worked. It And it didn't just work, it was a game changer for how we communicated in those meetings and with our teams. We then actually let everybody in on the secret. We found that we wanted to actually give everybody a common language with which to understand this And so we printed out, we'd been given a handout from Josie of those five modes of communication with the line drawn between planning and detail between two and three. And uh, we had it laminated and we stuck it on the wall of our meeting rooms. And so what would actually happen is we'd be in meetings where you'd find that the conversation would start getting off track and you'd, you know, get bogged down in detail, problem and drama And we ended up actually not using the question at all. So because we'd actually talked to our team about this communication model and we talked to our, you know, wider project team with the other divisions, what we'd found was somebody would either just point at the sign and um, say, you know, point at the sign and point out the fact that we descended into detail, problem and drama. Or you'd, you know, you'd have this whole conversation kind of unwinding at the table and you just hear somebody start to quietly say, above the line, above the line. And, you know, this person who was stuck and going on and on about detail, problem and drama and and using that kind of mode of communication, they'd then hear that and take the opportunity to reset the mode of communication that they were using and get their communication back up above the line into vision and planning by almost kind of self-regulating and asking themselves the question of what were they trying to achieve. It was, it was insane. It was actually really insane. Now, I started using it at home <laughs> with my kids and with my husband as well. So at the time, my kids were tiny. Um, and, you know, when you have a two-year-old who's having a level 10 tantrum in the middle of the supermarket, you know, it can be really difficult for you to turn around and ask them, so what are you trying to achieve? Um, but interestingly, you know, you could find the language that worked for them at their level and achieve a similar goal. And it, it really worked to actually bring things back on track generally. Now... <laughs> Word of warning, before you get giddy with the power of this, (laughs) because you're just then thinking of all of the relationships that you have and you want to go gun ho 
on getting every conversation above the line um, because <clears throat> uh, a great achiever here uh, in me, I wanted to do this with every single conversation I had once I had this in my toolbox. Um, I want to share a couple of caveats with you, okay? So the first caveat is this. Now, it's really important to understand everyone loves to be heard, okay? This is actually an integral part of being human. We all want to know that we're heard, that we're listened to, that we're understood, that we matter, that we belong. It's just integral to who we are as people and humans. And so if you have somebody who's sharing a communication with you and they're using the modes of detail, problem and drama, especially if they're discussing something of a personal nature and then you just cut them off because you're getting bored and you feel like you need to make progress and you jump all over them in an effort to get your question out of, you know, what are you wanting to achieve and desperately trying to get things back up above the line, it's not going to necessarily foster strong and trusting interpersonal relationships. So... It's really important that you ensure that someone actually feels heard at any level of communication that they're using. Now, you can do this really simply, of course, by just hearing them out, you know, by just actually hearing them and then actually saying to them, I hear you before you try and you get things above the line. It is important, though, that you actually do hear them now, that you give them an audience. So one thing that um, I had a psychologist share with me many, many years ago uh, was and this is something that she just said is about the specific to the English language is that when we add but into the middle of a sentence we actually end up discounting everything that we've said before it so for example if you say to somebody I hear you but and yada 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 then you're actually saying I hear you but I'm discounting that I've heard you because I'm just going to get my opinion across and that's more important than anything that you're sharing right now now once you know this bit of information about the word but and the fact that it discounts things before it in the sentence, um, it's going to be hard for you to unhear <laughs> and unlearn it. Uh, and it's something my husband and I actually talk about um, quite commonly in conversations and things like that when we hear other people speak um, or we're talking to each other. You know, just wait till the next time that you're in, a, in an argument with somebody and they say to you, you know, I agree with you but uh, and remember that but means that everything before they said the word but is discounted, um, you know, it's actually really hilarious <laughs> to hear it in conversations. You just can't, you can't unhear it. So instead of using the word but, um, I recommend that you use the word and. So you can say, for example, I hear you and, and then you can share your point of view. Now that can mean that you say something like I hear you and, and then you can reiterate what you believe the issue is so that you're actually showing that you've heard them. You're recounting the issue back to them and you can show that you've, you know, actually explain that you've heard and you've listened to what they're concerned about. And then you can follow with something along the lines of, you know, and maybe what you're wanting to achieve here is, is this. So perhaps we could do X, Y, and Z to make that happen. Or you can say, you know, I hear you and, you know, this sounds like what the issue or the situation is you know, what do you think would be the ideal scenario here? Or what are you trying to achieve? You know, something that's a little bit slower, a little bit gentler. It's still ushering that conversation back up above the line, up into vision and planning, but you're not actually bulldozing them through it. You're doing it a lot more gently. Now, the second caveat that I want to share with you is that sometimes there are just people who will reside below the line and they do so for a reason and it's just where they are. Having them below the line having them actually reside there. Now that may or may not be relevant or useful 
in your project experience. And I'm, you know, when I'm talking about these communication modes, whilst they can be useful in your personal life, the relevance in the context of this podcast episode is really about your project communication and your communication with your team. Okay. So you figuring out whether having somebody that resides in detail, for example, in your project, that's going to be a case of you figuring out, you know, how does that work in relation to your project goals and and in relationship in in relation to your team relationships overall. So I'm going to explain this again with an example, just because I think it'll be really helpful. We had one project architect at Mervac who was in our management team. He was all about the detail. It's it's where he always resided. It's what he brought to every conversation we had, whether it was a design conversation, a team conversation, a workflow conversation, every meeting, you know, that was how he spoke. And before we knew about these modes of communication, he would actually tie meetings up for a long time with his detailed discussions. It was just what he was known for. Now, when he learned these modes of communication, he actually became really concerned because he felt like that the potential value that he offered in those detailed conversations would actually end up going wasted because we'd all be wanting to hurry him back up above the line. And so then mistakes would get made in the projects as a result if he didn't have an audience for that information. Now, the challenge was, of course, and he agreed with this, is that he would often be trying to speak in detail, um, but his detail mode of communication would then morph whilst he was sort of going on and on about detail. It would morph into problem and then it would descend right down into drama. And so, you know, that's what we were all often reacting to is that we would get impatient with the fact that he wasn't just sticking to the detail itself, he would then let it degenerate into, you know, a complaint fest and it would just hold up conversations and project progress and also just be kind of draining to be around. Now, when it comes to a project like renovating or building a home, detail's actually going to be a really critical area of importance for you. You know, you can't gloss over the stuff and never discuss it. Um, because the detail is the nitty gritty. It's the nuts and bolts of your project. And so it's important communication that you need to be having. So using the detail mode of communication is going to have to happen in your project. It's going to be essential. What's also important to recognize though, is that detail, that mode of communication, it is only just below the line. It's not a big leap from you to get from that detail level back up above the line to planning and also into vision. And it's quite easy to get yourself above the line and keep moving things forward once you've covered the detail and you've dealt with the things that it's helping you resolve. What's not great is when that detail descends into problem or even keeps descending further into drama, into things like blaming, uh, you know, avoiding responsibility or accountability, complaining about things and gossiping about things as well. You know, then it's actually a long way for you to get back up above the line and you're not doing anyone any favours, especially the progress of your project. So when you do start to get into that detail mode of communication, and if that's your team member or if it's you taking the conversation there, just be aware of how long you're staying there and if you're dancing into problem or drama and what you're going to do to move things back up above the line when you're ready to move back into planning and into vision. Now, last thing, the last thing thing that I want to mention is just how powerful this was for us as a team inside Mervac to understand these modes of communication as a collective. It actually meant that we had a common language in our meetings and and in our conversations. And that really then changed the way that we communicated altogether. And it helped us progress our discussions and our objectives forward. So it was really amazing to see how that simple statement of above the line 
could just change the the, traje- the direction and the trajectory of the conversation and of a meeting. It could, you know, it could just be really powerful for stopping us being stuck. Um, or equally, it could actually help somebody almost have permission to say, actually, no, hang on, can't get above the line just yet. This is an important, this is important information that we need to discuss. We need to just stay here a minute and cover this detail and ensure that we're getting things resolved before we keep moving on. So it's really, it's definitely something for you to think about as you build your own collaborative team for your project and as you hone your own communication skills so that you ensure you actually all understand each other and that there's a common language that you use and clarity around your project goals as well. So I'm going to summarise because we've covered a lot in this podcast and I want, I've shared quite a few things with you. And remember as well, we're going to have the full transcript for this episode at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash the numbers 194. Um, and I've popped the graphic there for you so that you can see the five modes of communication uh, and you can read the transcript of this episode. So let's go through the summary. So firstly, there's five modes of communication and you can say them with me. These five modes are one, vision, two, planning, three, detail, four, problem and five, drama. Now, the next thing to remember is that there is above the line communication and there is below the line modes of communication. And the line sits where? It sits between mode two and mode three. So between planning and between between planning and between and detail. Between planning and detail. Now, above the line communication, it helps you make progress in your project. Below the line communication, it can cause you to stay stuck, to deteriorate into interpersonal relationships, and to uh, just generally damage the the morale in your team as well. A simple way to get communication back up above the line is to ask the question, what are you wanting to achieve? Okay. So lastly, remember that everyone wants to be heard. They want to be listened to and they want to know that they matter. So when communication is below the line, be sure that you don't steamroll people with your efforts to get communication back up above the line. Acknowledge that you've heard what they're offering. Be kind, you know, give their input an audience And if it's detail, it may actually be integral to your project's progress and what your project needs. And then see how you can usher that conversation gently back up above the line so that you can avoid getting stuck in problem and drama. And that's it. Okay. So I really hope that you enjoyed uh, me sharing that information about modes of communication and that you learned a lot about the modes of communication. I'd love to know and hear from you if you try it out in your project and with your team and to hear from you to see how it goes. Now, before I wrap up, I want to remind you that you can grab a full transcript of this podcast episode with all of the links and the resources mentioned and you can find it at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 194. So that's the numbers 194. Please share this podcast episode with family, friends, colleagues, even strangers, basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing, building and renovating their family homes. I love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener. It is just awesome. 
Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.